You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> the host said, This is a shite crowd. They're fucking talking too much, and I went in there, and you just murdered. So, so obviously he had a very different experience than you. So everyone, everyone, this is a uh, David Arnold. How you doing, man? What's up, man? What's up? It's good to see you. Like I, when I came off stage, you were standing there. You know, like you always are looking for comedians and friends and people who you know. Yeah. Because like comedians, like the crowd could be screaming, but you still want a comedian who you respect and know to look at you and go, dude. Yeah, that was good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. literally, because like we know each, we know that we're behind the scenes. We're yeah. pulling all of the strings. Yeah. So if a comic's watching, you're like, hey, shit. Yes. Well, I, I gotta say, because I was, I, and I've seen you perform a bunch of times. Yeah. And I feel like, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm not saying this right, but I right. feel like you turned a corner maybe in your comedy, because you were up yeah. there tonight, and, and your authenticity as a comic. Oh, I, I just was looking at it, going like, fuck, dude, you you could have been at it cocktail party at a dinner conversation everything you're saying didn't feel planned rehearsed and yet it had a perfect comedy format and that to me i feel like is the holy grail of comedy you know what i mean i'm going live too on my you know what's so great about that what you're saying oh that's dope okay you know what's so great about that what you're saying is that as a comedian the one thing that we want to do is get to a place where we feel like we're so comfortable on stage that we're talking to the audience and they feel like they're at in our living room. Yeah. And like literally to go up there and to draw these people in by going through and looking at everybody in their eye. Yeah. Is the thing. And I'm I, like I told you, I was working on a bunch of new material because I just put my stand up special in the can about two months, about a month and a half ago. Yeah. So I'm at this clean slate thing where I'm like, I got to figure out like, what do I want to do next? What's yeah. my tone? I don't want to do the, oh, my wife's not fucking me. I'm yeah. not, I don't want to do that no more. Yeah. I want to be where I'm at as a comedian. I want to embrace the journey like we were just talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because we and you have known each other. And we've been out here performing yeah. together for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just want to get to the point where you're like comfortable. Like you're so comfortable doing what you're doing that it doesn't even matter if they're not laughing. Yeah, yeah. I'm te- we're telling our stories. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that. <laughs> I actually, I gotta say, there there's certain comics I look at, like I'll look at someone like Gary Goldman, yes, and I'll go, that fucking writing, yes, I wish I could write like that, right? Well, that's and, yeah. and you know, maybe I never will, <laughs> right? No, yeah. but that was watching you, I was like, and the writing is great, but I was like, that level of pure authenticity, where it feels like, like I said, we're like we're right. in a room just talking. Yeah. I felt like, damn, I feel like for me to even get some close to that. It starts to feel canned and rehearsed, right? Wow, yeah. So I don't know when you're telling stories like that, the like stories yeah. like you told about your wife. First of all, number one, is your wife on board with every story you every, tell? Yes. Yeah. She never. I mean, she's like everything's. I've never fine. had my. I've never had my wife say I don't. There was one joke that I did which was completely made up, which is yeah. ironic, about <laughs> me taking her favorite pair of jeans and taking them in an inch so she feels like she's gained weight, right? <laughs> like in our argument, like yeah, yeah. that's the joke that she went. I don't like that joke because I feel like that's something you would do. And I'm like, of all the material that I do, that's yeah. the the one joke that I made up. That's hilarious. That's the joke. Nothing else because honestly, who I am on stage. I am a version of that at home. 
Yeah, for sure. I really, really am. Yeah. I am a ver. I'm a blend of Archie Bunker and uh, uh, Cosby without the rape, and you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Like I'm a blend of all of these people at my house. You know yeah. what I'm saying. So I think that when she sees me on stage, she goes, "Oh, everybody's getting a chance to see what I have to deal with every day." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. no, my wife is really on board with that, and I was doing stand up when I met her. Oh wow! So it's like. And how long have you been doing stand-up so far? I've been doing stand-up 21 years. 21 years. Now, we were talking very briefly before this. You said that you showed up in Hollywood. Yes. With trash bags full of clothes. Two trash bags full of clothes. Uh-huh. A car. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 an old uh, uh, Maxima, Nissan Maxima. Uh-huh. And three addresses to the Laugh Factory, to the Comedy Store, and to the Improv. That's all I had. And you had no connections. I didn't know one single person in Where this were you town. coming from? I was coming. Oh, I was coming from back east, out of the military, out of out of Maryland. Oh, I didn't know you were in the military. Mm, I did. What I did. I did the Navy. I was a nurse in the Navy. Oh wow, my dad was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, and, and I, I got, started that route for college, and I said, "Fuck this, <laughs> I can't do it." Fuck this. I got stories to so tell. So you, you were in the Navy, and you yeah. served. I served four years. Oh wow. Yeah. Were you, I, what do you think I did? What well, did listen, there? <laughs> first of all. We have to assume that nobody knows you listening right. because- Yes, I served four years in the military. I was a nurse and then I, I was a medic who became a nurse. Uh-huh. And had I stayed in, I would have become, I would have had to eventually become an officer. Yeah. So I didn't, I, but I never, I never was going to do more than four years. Like by the halfway through my four year uh, term, I knew something inside of me was like, I want to give the stand up thing a try again. Yeah, what was the thing, what was the precipitating moment where you're like, I think I want to be a stand up? Was there a point where you were like- When I was 12, I saw Eddie Murphy do Delirious uh-huh. and I said, Wow, he's telling funny stories. Mm-hmm. So I tried to I tried to get on stage at seventeen. It was horrible. <laughs> where were you? Were I was in, in Cleveland, where Cleveland. I grew up at. Yeah, yeah. Never worked out. Bad worst <laughs> night of my life. Me and my best friend riding home in silence. So it was like an open mic. Open mic. Yeah. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. I'd ever been a part of. Like it was nothing like what we saw on TV at night. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the guys are talking. Everybody's dying. Do you remember None your material? Yes, I did a joke about. Being a security guard at an airline hangar, falling asleep, and the boss came in and woke me up and said, where are all the planes? Yeah. That was the joke. Like, that's all I had. Not a bad joke, (laughs) by the way. But I know. (laughs) But the delivery was probably so fucking bad. (laughs) And, like, I remember getting nothing. And I was 17. Yeah. I didn't get back on stage again until I was 27. Oh, wow. Because I didn't know. I was from Cleveland. Yeah. I didn't know how. My grandfather owned the asphalt company. My my, my brother, my my, my uh, uncle was a doctor. My dad was an engineer. Entertain, even though my stepfather was, and he was a singer, and he sang with the OJs, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We, they just didn't. It wasn't. Of course. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, you got to do something. <laughs> so I ended up in the, I ended up, I literally ended up, uh, you know, in in the military, and then I wanted to give this stand up thing a try, and it hap- just so happened a USO Comics on Duty uh, tour came through, and I had been doing these little open mics. So contests. you were in the military at the time, yes, and you'd been doing open mics in the. Mil- I mean, I was what- doing open mics at a pizza place right outside the base, and the like base four is where? times in Patuxent River, Maryland. Oh wow! Like okay. right outside Bethesda, I had yeah. won like all four of the contests. This yeah. ba- this military tour came through and was like, "Do you?" My mother was there. She's like, you should give my son five minutes to open up for your professionals because he's one of the troops. And who who better yeah, would the troops love to see yeah. than one of their own? Yeah. And she said that. And that guy was like, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And he let me go up and I killed him. And this is a USO. USO's Comics on Duty Tour. I'll who never else forget was on it. the show? James Stevens III. Uh-huh, of course I know him. Uh, uh, who else was on it? You know, this is going to trip you out. James Stevens III. Um guy named Carl Banks 
and Harlan Williams. Harlan, yeah. And I had never seen any, like they were killing it. I was just happy to, and on, from that night, the guy asked me would I like to go to the other six military bases in the area wow. and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was shocked. Yeah. I said, just what? first show. First show. Yes. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go. On the same tour with Harlan. And yes. Like yeah, yeah, Went yeah. around and did this tour. And that, and from that day on, I was a comedian. I wow. waited to get out the military. As soon as I got out the military, I was doing open mics all around the country. And then like six, a year later, I did a year on the road. I came to L.A. Okay. And I so came So how much here. time did you have when you doing the Ten US? minutes. Ten minutes. When I got to L.A., I had a solid ten minutes. Yeah, solid TV ten. Yeah, what I thought would be a TV 10, yeah, but yeah. what you find out, it's a comedy club 10. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? Yeah, but comedy club 10 and TV 10, comedy club 10 is three TV, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I got and I, and I I got here, and uh, on one of my trips out in the year before I came here to L.A., I ran into Pauly Shore. Oh, wow. I opened up for him in Atlanta at the Punchlines, and yeah. he said, uh, you should showcase for my mom. You should be, aren't you coming? And I said, I'll be moving to L.A. like in two months, you know? Yeah. Moved to L.A. I called him. He actually answered the phone. He called me. He told his mom, I showcased for Mitzi in uh, 2000 one time, and I got picked up as a main room regular. Wow. And wow. I was a main room regular from then on. And, wow. like, that was it. I, made, I started the comedy store, got the Laugh Factory, then the improv, and, you know, next thing you know, now I'm... I'm out here, man, doing yeah, yeah. jokes with you and doing podcasts <laughs> and, and well, the, you know. So after you became a, a regular at the comedy store in the main room, right? Yeah. Did you, did it, that all of a sudden everything changed there or was that a slow build? I mean. Uh, it was a slow build, but here's the thing. I didn't know anything about LA. I yeah. didn't know anything about comedy. I didn't know anything about the, the world of, uh, of comedians in the community. I did not know that Mitzi Shore had never picked up a comedian from sh first showcase straight to the main room, yeah. Except ten years prior, it was Eddie Griffin. Wow! So it was a big deal. Yeah, and I knew you nothing. Up, didn't know that. I had no when idea. When did you find out that this was a big deal? About about five years ago. <laughs> wow! Like li like literally fifteen years later, because I was so like, oh my god, I'm doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't give a shit. But what I did realize and wonder is when I first started coming to the comedy store to do spots. Mm -hmm. Every time I went on stage. All the waitresses, all the comedians, everybody that was in the building would come into the room to watch me. Yeah. And I didn't understand why. Wow. And now I understand why. Yeah. Because they were like, who's this fucking guy that got picked yeah, up exactly. by Mitt? That's well, it's a good thing you didn't know because it might have made you feel subconscious. Exactly. Yeah. And I had yeah. no idea, dude. I was just excited to just like, I just thought they were being supportive. You yeah. Know? Now, Not, did you did you feel that the comedy store was supportive, or did you feel like because mm. there are different stories? Like some people come to the comedy store, it's a very protective. Well, yeah, it changes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know. I'm not going to say I felt support from the comedy yeah. store. I felt like every man for himself, which it is now. I I was. I feel like I was one of the last uh, people that Mitzi personally put through. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Now it's ran by comedians, and all, so mm. it's a whole. Like I don't even. I don't go there as much anymore. Yeah. Because I don't want to go back to. I mean, I was there for years. My yeah. name is on the wall. Of all of that is great, you know. But like now, it's so clicky, and you know, the doormen are now have the guys who were doormen when I were there have stand up specials, and yeah, their friends are running it. So it's like you know. So I don't. I, I don't dislike it, but I don't feel the. I never felt support. Sure. Yeah. You I know what I mean. Yeah. I never felt that, but I. I but I did feel like when I was there, I was one of the main comics that they 
like that, especially when Mitzi was out, she put me on stage yeah. with the biggest talent that was out there. Absolutely. And so that you, was great. Did you feel that at this point, like, okay, I've landed somewhere? Or did yeah. you think this is a stepping stone? Because some people, they go, hey, man, I just want to be a comic. I'm working in LA. Or did you already have like bigger dreams? All right. Oh, I've always wanted to be a father on my own sitcom. Oh, really? Even before I was married. Okay. And before I had kids. It's to this day, it's still the same thing. I've never wanted to be in the movies. Uh-huh. I've never wanted to be a television writer. I've never. I've only wanted to be a dad in a sitcom, like Bill Cosby without the rape. like Bill Cosby without the rape, oh, like wow. Bill Cosby. Like I, that's why I love shows like Everybody Loves Raymond and all the shows that that centered around a father juggling a family mm-hmm. because I felt like I had those kind of dads coming up. Yeah, and my grandfather and my dad and my step they were like that. So therefore, and they were funny to me. Yeah. So therefore, that's what I wanted to be. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Getting the comedy store in my mind, it was gonna be I was gonna go to the comedy store, I was gonna go to these clubs, get picked up, be performing at a club, an agent see me, get an agent, agent showcase, get a get a thing. Next thing you know, I'd have a sitcom. Like that's how I thought it would work. Sure, none of that has happened. <laughs> <laughs> but there must have been because I feel particularly in the early two thousands, like there were a lot of industry coming. The, the Not at the, you just, dude. This is what's so funny. I have been on the I've been the outlier of everything. Yeah. When I came to, let me give you a perfect example. When I came to the comedy store, none of the industry had just stopped coming to the comedy store. They were all now out of the improv. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started getting good, 2001, when I really started getting my legs and I felt like, ooh, I could, they started going to reality shows. Yeah, okay. You know sense. what I mean? Yeah. And they stopped going, they stopped fucking with comedians. Like they stopped doing Roseanne and mm-hmm. and all the people. Oh yeah, they the stopped, sitcoms were over. The stop sitcoms were over. Yeah. So they were doing this whole other thing, and they were doing ensembles like Friends and yeah, Veronica's yeah. Clock. So it, they weren't looking for comedians anymore. Then when I got picked up for the Montreal Comedy Festival, I remember everybody was getting deals. Yeah. You go to Montreal to get a deal. I would go to. I got finally got Montreal. I think 2005. Went there. Walked in my hotel room. They leave you a welcome packet on your bed. Yeah. On the magazine in the front. The first thing on the front of the magazine says, long gone are the days of the deal. <laughs> Welcome to Montreal. Welcome to Montreal. <laughs> You're getting nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I've always felt like I've been one step behind, like, yeah. the curve of what was going on. Got it, yeah. And so you have to just keep performing and keep, you know, I had a TV show last year. I got a TV show. I've sold it to Okay, Hulu. so what was the TV show? I had a TV show called Divorce Save My Marriage. Kevin Hart was the executive producer. And you were the dad. I was the dad. Yeah. And we got picked up by, we, we sold it to Hulu. Hulu developed us for two years or 18 months. The executive dropped it and he went to Showtime and then they dropped yeah, it. Yeah, that always happens. There's a change. Exactly. In yeah. We, BET picked it up. Ordered us to series, 10 episodes. Yeah. Uh, this is my birthday, I remember. And... We were get, we started putting a production team together in the writers' room and everything, and then they fired the president five days later, and then they brought in a new president. And the new president's she, like, "What's the show? Got, fuck this! Fuck this guy!" Yeah. I thought they would keep it because Kevin Hart was for in sure, it. yeah, and he was gonna play my best friend. He was like fucking in the show. Like Kevin was like, "Whatever you need me to do, I'll be in fucking every episode." Yeah, they still got rid of it, and that crushed me. Yeah. Because I've been out here for 20 years and I've been trying to get there. And so to get there and yeah. lose it. Yeah. Was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Really? Like, and literally, like, for two months, man, I was like in a depression. Sure. I can see that. Yeah. Because I had been working so hard to get there. And, I, and if and you think to yourself, if you walk in with Kevin Hart and they say no. Yes. 
they really don't want to fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we our dislike for you outweighs Kevin Hart's stardom. That's what I took yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the. How many and episodes did you shoot? You shot the. We didn't shot any. You we shoot any, we sold. We wrote two scripts, and okay. they and they bought it off yeah. the two scripts that I had written. Yeah. With a writer named Devon Shepard. And off of that, the guy was like, we're going to take this to series. And we pitched out what the series was was and where it was going. And um, they took the show. And I, like, for two months, I just got fucking depressed and sat there. And then something inside of me was like, you got to, you can't just sit here. Yeah. You got a family. You got a house. You got a kid. You got a wife, you know. So I picked up this phone. Yeah. Because what we were just talking about. This new thing now, I'm going to tell you how I'm always behind the curve. (laughs) The new thing is social media. Yeah. We can get to our audience like this. And what is this, by the way? That's I'm live on Instagram. Instagram, okay. I'm live on Instagram now. So July 5th of this year, I decided that I was going to use my phone, my, my, my Instagram and my Facebook to reach my audience. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to let Hollywood tell me that I was not marketable. Sure, yeah. In six months, I'm at 300,000 followers on Facebook, and I'm at almost 75,000 followers on Instagram. And you started from how many six months ago? I had, I had No, no. I had 1,000 Facebook followers, and I had 3,000 Instagram followers. Holy shit. The so, day before July. July 5th was the day I said, I'm going to use this yeah. social media with purpose. Yeah. I got a, I got hired a person that knew social media. Uh-huh. I said, I need you to tell me what, because all of these fucking comedians, these little Instagram people that they're going to see, yeah. 60 seconds, Bill. Yeah. 60 seconds of comedy. They're putting up every day, and they got millions of followers. Yeah. You're a fucking comedian. I've seen you murder. You, can, you, if, you can't tell me you can't come up with 60 seconds of funny a day. Yeah. And it, and I and that's how I had to simplify it in sure. my mind. I said, if it's sixty seconds a day, that's getting this. Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And I said, I'm not gonna be the old guy going, "Hey, man, we have talent." Yeah. Like how me and you started talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck these these Instagram people. They got nine million followers. They have no talent, and they'll tell you they have no talent. Some yeah. of them. Some of them do. Yeah. But I was like, why am I going? Am, am I gonna complain? Or am I gonna get with the game? Yeah. I got with the game. I cannot explain to you how. I, I'm blown away by the response that I've gotten here. I mean, every time I go on Instagram, you know, has like more to explore. Yes, I see your and I start. I was like, these are because you do like, you and your wife, like <laughs> yes, back and forth. Yes, I do. Yes, I do that. I do sketches. I do rants, uh-huh. and I've got some other segments that I'm about to start doing. Like I'm like fucking. I'm like I I will I would they they say I'm not marketable. I'll show them. Yeah. It's funny because I had Tony Baker on. Yes. And Tony Baker, he started doing the thing with the animals. Yes. He did the animal voices. Yes. And that shit like blew him the fuck up. So I feel like everyone finds their their thing. Yes. He's 600,000 followers. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) So, So you having these kind of like discussions arguments with your with your yes. wife back and forth yes is i guess it's very unique no one else is really doing it and I, they're and they're fucking hilarious they're killed and, and like you know and just for me because i'm a television writer as well yeah. i know how to write i can write yeah you can write you're a writing teaser scenes. it's a teaser yes yeah, exactly you're it's a little put this in the show. i'm like dude let's fucking i said let's do this and i will literally grab the camera and tell my daughters i want you to come in and do this and we will shoot <laughs> the shit and put and dude it's just so what was the tipping point was there was there uh 
one sketch you did that all of a sudden just became viral out, out yes, of nowhere? Yes, I did a um, I did a video. The first I did a video because I was I did a rant about being on the plane with Janet Jackson going to the Essence Festival. I looked up and we she was literally sitting across from me, and yeah. I did this whole rant. And Sherry Shepard and uh, Kim Whitley and another celebrity I can't remember reposted it, and it just like blew up. Then I realized, okay, these people yeah. are listening. They like. So I did a video called Back to School. And if you follow me on Instagram, and if people who are following me now or people who are listening, I'm at the David A. Arnold. I should have said it a long time ago. And if you go on in that area, it's called Back to School Video. It's me and my wife in the bed. And it's how parents act on the kid's first day back to school. Mm-hmm. I shot the video. I put the video up at 8 o'clock that morning. And it was during the time when kids were getting ready to go back to school yeah. that week. It was on the 11 o'clock news, KTLA, LA News, at yeah. 11 o'clock that day. Oh, wow. Three hours later. Jesus. It got picked up by 29 different news outlets around the country. Then it got picked up by Ellen. Then it got picked up by, and the shit went wow. fire. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And that just started, and I just started, I just started, I just literally started doing even some of my old jokes yeah. that we do on that I wasn't doing anymore, I started doing them here. Yeah. I just, live or just I would Instagram? do them live. I would, yeah. But I would shoot them as rants. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I switch the camera and switch angles and do all that and just cut it up. And I cut all this shit. I do everything on my phone. Oh, wow. So you must have some people that you felt like discounted you earlier now coming back and be like, hey, dude, what's up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. You feel like, you know, like one of the things like this is so funny that I'm doing this with you because Tony Baker and I, Tony Baker is co-hosting my radio show at Dash that I'm starting okay, on January yeah. 2nd. And Tony Baker and a girl named Takara Williams, we're, we're going to be working together. Uh, and I'm going to I'm all of a sudden getting all of these requests to do podcasts now yeah. with some of these bigger, like big podcasts, sure. you know. And it's a world that I never paid attention to. Yeah. And now it's like, dude, the work, I'm selling tickets. I've only been doing this six months. I'm only at 75,000 followers. That's crazy. But like, that's great because that, that's a perfect example of everything we're talking about. Yes. There are people who don't have that. You had all this talent, all yes. this material built up, and yes. all of a sudden there's an avenue for you. Unbelievable. And you... And, and you f- and not not because of luck, because of, of your intelligence and your hard work, you were yes. able to find a way to galvanize this into into a stream that, dude. I Bill, I can. I mean, I tell you, I cannot. To this day, I get stopped. My daughters are blown away by it. Oh, that must be now. You're the I cool get, dad. I get stopped everywhere we go really? now. Really. I'm blown away by it. Like I got a, when I was in the, the airport in Cleveland, I got stopped by a group of 15 year old boys yeah. with their parents. Yeah. They were like, man, my, my the father came up to me. My boy, my sons love you. Can they take a picture? I said, yeah. And I remind people of their dad. Yeah, that's great. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, I've been doing stand-up. They don't, some of them don't even know. Some of these people who are watching, they've never seen me do stand-up. Wow. They, they just know I'm funny. Mm-hmm. And, and what, how, what's funny is how it translates to them. And they go, when are you coming to Seattle? Yeah. I've been doing stand-up 21 <laughs> years. And I did a video about going back to school and dancing in the street with my wife. And now you want to see me do stand up. That's you haven't seen me do one joke. <laughs> now they're lucky that I'm fucking. Yeah, exactly. They don't know because they yeah. go to see a lot of social media personalities that don't that have. Suck. They have 15 minutes and then they clean out. Wow. 
So that's great. Have you been touring since this? No, we're this happened? year is about to, this year. We're we're starting this year. I'm starting in Philadelphia, January third through the fifth. Yeah, and then I'm going to Oakland, and then I'm going Denver, then I'm doing Seattle, and then we're doing um, someplace else. I can't. I I don't have all my dates, but in my me and my agents actually have a call Monday to put other dates out. Oh wow! We're just about to go out and give it a test, man. So you haven't headlined since. I've headlined just off of my relationships I've sure, built over sure, the sure. years. But not but, where you showed up and like I was like, holy yes, fuck. Yes, that's got starting you. to happen now. That's just crazy. already, and it's so early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like my goal, I want a million followers. Yeah. I want a million on Facebook. I want a million on Instagram. Then I know now I'm doing something. And it's, it's getting those big, you know, it's getting those big names. You get a couple of big people to repost you. Yeah. It opens your world up because all it's doing is giving you exposure. Of course, of course. You know, so I like I was just like, I'm not going to complain about this little game that these young people are doing. I'm going to 60 seconds. They're not funny as I am. Yeah, yeah. And then, you do it every day. I, I do something every day. I don't post a rant every day and I don't post a sketch every day. I will post maybe two rants a week, one sketch a week, and then I'll go live like this. Yeah, yeah. I will, I'm learning to engage on my story. Mm-hmm. I will like, I'll take people with me throughout the day. I've, you know, I restored a car with my dad in Cleveland where I'm from. I restored a 72 Volkswagen Carmagia. And I've taken them on a journey of this. Yeah. And so today I jumped in and it was driving around to get my hair cut and do shit today so i just put it up and talk to people and just and they feel like they're a part of what yeah. you're doing and they want to go with you for sure yeah. you know and it's working man it's it's i'm it's and it, then when i walk out on stage i can feel that the the people who came here to see me that know me from instagram so for tonight did you feel like yes people yeah absolutely i yeah. could i could i could tell when i saw the people and i can tell yeah the people you can feel i can hear the difference sure. in the reception mm-hmm and it feels good because that's what we want as comedians. We just want people to want to come see us do what we've worked so hard to and do. And that's great because for you, who who's like a veteran, great comic. Thank you. Then you have this, you have this new community. They show up, like you say, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Right. Yes, it's a next level thing. As opposed <laughs> to know. you know, because I just He's had fine. I just had this a person on who is is a YouTuber, right? Mm-hmm. And she has a live tour. I'm like, "What do you do in your tour?" She goes, "I sing." I go, "Can you sing?" She's like, "No." Oh shit! And people, <laughs> so and her boyfriend and they, uh, a big, and they just show up and they have a podcast and they talk and they sell out five thousand seats. That's so and disrespectful. They're and they're nothing. And they well, have no talent. It's because you say it's disrespectful. And on one hand, on the other hand, it's like oh, it's you, genius. You figured it out. Yes, it's smart. Know? Yeah, it's so smart. And like all of us, we have something that we didn't have before. We have something that these younger kids are taking advantage of. Yeah. And I just refuse to be out here 20 years and be behind the curve of another thing. Yeah. So yeah. I said, fuck it, I'll do it. Now, one of the things that we were talking about before the podcast is, mm-hmm. is you were, you've accomplished, let's just do a little bit of your bona fides, right? Bona fides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've, um, you have your special, you've produced yes. how many TV shows? Oh my God. I'll say nine. Nine TV shows, mm-hmm. and you're a producer on Fuller House, which is a hit. Which is a huge and, hit for, and for Netflix. Emmy it just Yeah, Emmy. We got nominated for an Emmy last season. Um, it's it, it started streaming yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's season four. Um, it is a huge hit. It's the number one stream show on Netflix. Is it really? Yes. Holy Next shit. is Orange is the New Black. Oh, wow. And they we got them beat by two million streams. 
It's a it's That's, a run. I had no idea it was that because show. it's not for us. It's yeah. for twelve. It's for ten to you know, and people who watch Fuller Full House in the nineties. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I walked into this you know with a great group of writers, a great cast, yeah, and like to get blessed to be able to be a part of that is like wow and I get a chance to do something that you know I mean frankly speaking a lot of black writers don't get a chance to do sure we won't they, they don't even think that we have the capacity to do that you know so it was great to be able to go here and become a part of this family and it's a dope show uh, I'm very excited for my daughters my youngest loves the show yeah. loved it before I was on it yeah. And now to be able to take her to the set and watch her watch. Like, what was your favorite show when you were a kid? Jesus Christ. I'm going to date myself. Uh, I mean. You can't date it more than me. My so. favorite show. I mean, you know, South Park oh, was, was one oh, of my. Okay, well, like what a, a live kid. show. I mean. Like a live I, show that you watch. Like that, like a sitcom. A sitcom. Or were you I, I not guess, a sitcom kid? You know, I never liked the Cosby show, but okay. I watched it. Right. I see what you're I saying. Because I felt like I should watch it. Right. Because everybody, because it was the thing, right. Different strokes. Different strokes. There's <laughs> no it? fucking way you watched it. I'm trying to think. What I, I'm from a white trash family. We didn't watch really good TV. Uh, really? You never watch any sitcoms with families? Um, well, give me some examples. Okay. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll spark Okay. Uh, well, shit. Uh, okay, well. I never watched Full House. You never watched Full House. I never liked yeah, that Bob, was very Bob Saget. Yeah, it was very saccharine sweet. It was very yeah, that, which yeah. which is what it is now. But like, um, okay, let's just say South Park. Malcolm in the Middle. Is that what you're saying? Fine, let's yeah. do that. Malcolm okay. in the Middle, your favorite show. Imagine your dad worked on that show and could take you to work every day and watch them do that. You would be fucking blown away. Yeah, of course. For me to be able to do that for my daughter this year, yeah. to watch her walk on that set, and she'd been watching Full House, Fuller House. For three seasons before. I'd never. Oh, so you didn't start with the. No, I just came on last year. Oh, cool. So she loves the show. Yeah. So to be able to bring her. Because the other shows I wrote for Tyler Perry, I wrote for Martin Lawrence, I wrote for Kelsey Grammer, I wrote other shows, but nothing that my kids care about. This This was a world. Right. So to be able to watch them watch it and go, oh my God. Like, that is dope for me to watch her because I was literally watching her stand on the set in the kitchen. And I got tears in my eyes yeah. because I came here, like I told you, 20 years ago with nothing. And now my daughter's with me standing on the set of a hit TV show, one that's her favorite TV show. And because of whatever choices I've made, I'm able to give her that. Yeah. I'm successful. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Now, did and you, when you're successful, you just you, you just take it however it comes and you'd be happy about it. Did you it. try to get on Floor House because of your daughter? No. No, no, I got. I know. I just got lucky because uh, there, um, Bob Boyette, who created the show, he uh, he he's a huge producer. He's responsible for Friday TGIF, uh-huh. which he's he responsible for Buzz and Buddies, for well, remember, yeah. Family Matters, for Full House. He wrote. He created all these shows. Well, he created a show with Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence a few years back called Partners, and I met I him. That, yeah. And I we did ten episodes for TBS, maybe I think I can't remember, but we or FX, and we we met there. And he, when they brought Full House back, Fuller House back, he called me and was like, you know, we're doing this show. I remember we worked with you and I thought, I, you, I love your stand-up and the stuff you do with your daughters. He said, I think you would be great, the stories you have. And they brought me in. And I met with the showrunners and next thing you know, I'm yeah, I'm there. Now, he, you know, we talked earlier about the, the idea of fame, right? Now, yes. every, from every metric that I can think of, yes. you've, you've made it, right? Yes. And a lot of people actually would like to be behind the scenes Come because you, more. you don't have you if you're go. behind the scenes you don't 
you don't have to deal with the same fucking shit and haters and all that stuff. So yeah. What, yeah. What, what is it that makes you want to be in front of the camera since you have so much sex behind the camera? Right. What is the thing that makes you go, I also want to be seen out front as a front man? Because as a comedian, people only come see people that they know. Okay. So it's about money then. And no, it's not, about- a, it's not about money. It's about... I can't even, as a comedian, I can't even get booked in certain comedy clubs wow. because people don't know me, and they're booking. They're, it's it's the same thing with, and now we got this new flux of social media stars. Yeah. They're not booking talent. They're booking. They're booking notoriety. Got it. That's what they book. Yeah. It's not personal to you. It's not personal to me. Mm-hmm. It feels personal. I got because it. Because you know, I you can go on stage for an hour and rock a fucking room. I can go on stage for an hour and rock a room. They don't care about that. What they care about is when I put your name on the marquee and in yeah. our uh, on our website, how many people are going to see your name and face and go, I want to buy tickets to see this guy. Yeah. And if it doesn't translate, they're not going to do it. So I need, I, t- I told Dave Becky this. Um, who was helping me with my TV show? And Dave Mo- Becky is a big. Dave Becky is. Oh, He's I'm sorry. Big. Dave Becky is one of the biggest comedy managers in this business. He's Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, everybody. Issa Ray, everybody. Dave is just huge. And Dave has been the guy that I've wanted to work with my entire career yeah. since I got here. And when we were doing the development with Kevin Hart, me and Dave became friends. And Dave has helped me in my journey tremendously. And I told Dave when we were in development on my show, I said, you know, most comedians want to get do stand up so they can get a tv show yeah i want a tv show so i can do stand up yeah i get that yeah like you know what i'm saying like i just want people to want to come see me so that's why i decided to pick up my phone and do this and build my now, when audience. Now you say you decided to pick up your phone. You said that you you hired a social media person, or did you? Do I did it instinctively. I did. I know. I, I I instinctively picked up my phone and started, and then when I saw. That first month I saw, oh, yeah, like I picked up like 15,000 followers in the first month. I knew I, I, I knew I had something. Yeah. And I had done some social media stuff on Facebook in 2008 when Facebook first came out and it was huge. Yeah. And I stopped doing it yeah. because I started writing television. So I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. Let me get somebody who knows this world. Yeah. So I got a girl who had taken my stand-up class because, you know, I teach a stand-up oh, class. Yeah, that's right. And I, she had taken my stand-up class, and she was the social media manager for Kevin Hart's LOL channel. Got it. And so she had taken my class, and she was writing, and she wanted some help. Her name is Jerrica Long. She wanted some help with notes on writing her scripts. So I offered to give her help and help her write her scripts if she showed me how to navigate this world. Oh, wow. That's crazy. You still work with her? I do. And we sat down, and literally she was like, do this, do this, do this. Don't do this. Take that down. Get this off. Like, she, like, fucking wow. drill sergeant. Yeah. And I realized, great. oh, this is. And every day, she'll, she'll, I'll get a text. How come you haven't posted any? I told you. you did I'm like, damn, bitch, That's calm great. down. Yeah. But it's good. Now I'm starting to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what it has to be. Yeah. And so I'm learning this world, and it's. I'm going to I'm going to take over. Well, I mean, you are. You are <laughs> I have to. You know, it's funny because I the only experience I've had with anything going viral, and you probably remember this. Uh-huh. It was Pookie's show. Yes. It was the Chocolate Sunday show. Mm-hmm. And there was this one <laughs> clip. It was like how a white man says. Well, that wasn't named the clip. Yeah, it was right. just like I, I I can't say the N words. Yes. I have my black friend say that. Yes. Say it. Yes. So yes, uh, I remember that. <laughs> I do and, remember and, that. And it was on Showtime. Yes. And it came out, and like you know, it, I don't know how it did. It was fine, and then I would get a couple. Hey, that's a funny bit. Right, and then about two years after it was on Showtime, yeah, uh, 
I got a call from this guy Samson Krupa. I don't even know. Yeah, Samson. Samson of course yeah, I know him. He yeah, took my stand up class. Of course. And he he called me. He goes, dude, do you know what the fuck is going on, on Facebook right now? I go, what? Mm. He goes, he goes that there's a meme, and they and it was the beginning of it was like how a white man says the n word to a black man. Yes. Which, and it was on Facebook. This is right when Facebook started embedding so it, videos, right? Oh, okay. And so the way that Facebook would share is that minute it would it automatically start feeding the videos. So yes. It spread very quickly. Yes. This is like 2012? Yes. 13, maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do? And then by the end of the day, it was like 9 million views. Yes. And then everyone's like, you got to do something. First of all, my name wasn't on it. Right. Right. So it was some Killer. DJ in Germany wow. who made the meme and posted on his Facebook wow. and it blew up. Right. Meanwhile, this DJ is now rich and famous. Yes. Starting from that. Unbelievable. Right? So I said, he was really cool. I said, hey, man, can you actually put the my names man. of the people who, who, who yes. made the sketch? So he put the names on and then it became this weird thing like... LOL flicks was like, well, this is our thing. And the yes. Last factor post. And there was like all, it was taken down and there was threats of litigation. And Isn't all that this crazy? Stuff. Over something because eyes. Yeah. Because people be, are getting eyes on people, it. So, I, you know, so then I tried to put on my thing. And, and they took really, it down. And then it was taken down and put back up. And so it hasn't really done anything for me. Right, right. And I feel like there's a moment where I could have capitalized on it. Yeah. I had no tools. I had no idea what you don't know. to do. Yeah. That's the thing. People don't, people... People don't know my. I put a video up, and I misspelled something. Maybe, or I put something up that didn't have my name on it, yeah, or something. And Jerrica called me, take it down, and I said, I said it has like nineteen thousand views already in two hours. She said, I don't give a shit. Take it down. What if it goes viral and it ends up forty million people see it? Nobody's gonna know who you are. Take it down, and I yep. took it down and put it. And I understand. Yeah, on Facebook, my videos on Facebook are doing one to twenty million views. Jesus. I did a video of me and my wife in the grocery store, and I talk about how men hate going to the grocery store with their wives. Yeah. And I just was acting silly in the grocery store, got in the car, had her pushing me. I was sitting in the car. <laughs> Stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. Shit that we would consider and call corny. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. The, when I cut the video together, I showed my wife. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, it's cute. It's, it's fine. Cute. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I said, fuck it. I'm going to put it up. I didn't have anything. I put it up. I could not believe it's at it's at 20 million on on facebook and how long ago was this it was the night before we went on our cruise so that had to be two months ago oh wow two yeah. months i mean it's been someone i did a video about my kids toys how i buy waste money on kids toys uh-huh. it got picked up in taiwan <laughs> it got sent to me so many marketing companies have started to pick up my videos yeah petco parents like all of these so that's another thing i kept it clean yeah. I didn't fucking pussy and shit. I didn't do that. Yeah. I kept it because the net is bigger. Of course. Well, he, I talk about this with my friend all the time. We, we talk about this uh, this idea of CPK, right? Yes. There's like clean, personal, and kill. Yes. There are people who can be personal and kill, but they're not clean. Yes. Eddie Murphy, Richard Bryan. Yes. Then there are people who are clean and kill, but they're not personal. Yes. Right? If you can do all three, which is what you're doing, that is like the holy grail of co- you're clean, right. it's the, it's you're being personal, threat. and you're killing. Yes. And it's very rare for people to do that. Like I didn't Jim Gaffigan does that. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. There's very right. few comics. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld, he's clean, he kills, but it's not personal. I don't yes. Know exa- about exa- exactly. Guy. Right. Right. I yeah. see what you're saying. So that's, right. That, that, that to me is, the, and I, it's for the life of me, I can't be fucking clean. But that is the. <laughs> that is the <laughs> my parents dismay. But that is the holy that's the Venn diagram with three circles. If you can be those three things, that is ultimately there's no higher goal as a comic, I think. Right, I agree. Because it, it, it opens up your marketability. Yeah. And that's and I learned that from 
doing this. Because yeah. one of the things that when I get kids that are following me, like I look on my Instagram and I look at my it's Facebook is families. Yeah. Parents, older people, Instagram is younger audiences. I do get some people from Facebook to come over here on Instagram and follow yeah. me. And when I get when I get uh when I get those kids in 13 and 15 years that come and say, you remind me, it's because I'm not doing material about that's all just sex driven. And it's all, yeah. you know, there's so much more to me. So I, I've recognized the power of trying to keep the net wide. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's, and it's worked. Yeah. And as your, as your wife, now she. This must be new journey for her because I don't know if she is she an actress. Or my wife is. My oh, wife. Is my actress. wife was an actress. My wife is a professional dancer. My wife was. Um, she was a big Broadway dancer. Oh wow! And she was the third African American uh, woman to dance online as a New York Radio City Rockette. Oh wow! So she was a Rockette. She toured with Jimmy Buffett for five years in his band, and now she hosts a TV show on ABC called Made in Hollywood, where she. She watches movies, she screens movies and interviews the actors and the, you know, so she's in this business. Okay. So she gets it. Yeah. You know, so she, she, my wife is very good. She can come in here and jump in a sketch and, Boom. you know, she was in the Tom Hanks, that thing you do. She uh -huh. did a bunch of, she did a bunch of movies. She did a bunch of television. She can sing and dance. She, and yeah. Thing, so yeah. she's, you know, but she's, what I love about Julie is Julie's very comfortable being a mom. She's like, I did all of that from the time I was 18 till I was 30. She said at 18, she started working for Disney and she's been work. She worked. She said, I worked until three years after I met you. Yeah. She said, I don't need if nobody ever calls my name again, I'm fine. And she's fine with that. Yeah, she's 100 percent fine with it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So but she loves doing the stuff that we do because we have fun together. And, you know, she's a she sees the she sees this. Yeah. She sees that it's, you know, this. Oh, this equals money. Of course. You know, so and where'd you meet her? I met her at a friend of mine who was a television writer out in the valley at a at a, like a uh, I met him like at a barbecue, like yeah. at a like at a get together for some some friends. Yeah, we 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 were playing volleyball, guys versus girls, and she was across the net from me, and she's yeah. like, "I'm gonna spike this ball down your throat," and I was like, <laughs> "Who the fuck are you?" And we just we and that was it. That was it. That was that day. We went out to coffee after that, and we've been together ever since. Oh wow! Now your kids, they must want to be. At least one of them wants to be an actor. Yes. Or is an actor. Are, they, are they actresses? Uh, actors? My, my daughter, Anna Grace, wants to. She got us a YouTube channel that she does. Anna Grace wants to be an actor. I do not encourage it. Yeah. Um, I encourage the writing and the other stuff because I know how horrible this business is. Mm -hmm. But I have given her the tools to do. Like, if you want a YouTube channel, I've given her everything that she needs to do that. I've shown her how to do the stuff. I don't do it for them. I put them in my sketches, you know what I mean? I let her do that kind of stuff. I am going to give her some acting classes and let her do that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't like, I'm not like pushing her to be, we're going to take you and get, like we're not pushing yeah. that world, you yeah. know? And my other daughter, Ashlyn, is, um, she's a raw dancer and a great volleyball player. Both of them are great volleyball players, but Ashlyn is just, she's just one of them, just raw talent. She's not, Ashlyn's just... She's just kind of, yeah. She's just everywhere. She's being a kid. She's How old being a kid. 11 and 13. 11 and 13. And, you know, it's, 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 it's something to, all, all I want to do is make whatever they want to do a little easier than what I had to go through to do what I want to do. Yeah. You know, you realize if you do that, 
then maybe everything that I did was worth it. Were your parents supportive of you, of yes. you doing it mm-hmm. all along? All from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they they didn't know how to tell me to be a comedian. Yeah, they didn't know. How, they were like, if you want to be an actor and be, you know, like when I was a kid in in, in Cleveland, I was a model. I was a child model. Oh, really? Yeah. So I used to model in the J.C. catalog. <laughs> I did all of that shit for years. Yeah. But they didn't know how to like get me to be a comedian. Like, I guess you can go to L.A. Your uncle lives there. You can stay there with him and. Yeah. Go see what you can find out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was the most, I, that's all I had for yeah, you, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it took me time to figure it out, you know, and to grow up emotionally and stuff. Of and, course. Because we're know, all infants. Yes. And we're comedians. We're the worst. Yeah. Like the worst. Every, everybody, yeah, I know everybody like, did you've ever dated or your people, or your friends like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. you're like, nothing. What's I'm, wrong with I'm you? I'm at heart. Isn't yes. that good? Isn't that a good thing? We're told that's a good thing, right? Exactly. So it's, you know, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I love it. And like, I was, I was so happy when, when I came on stage and you asked me to come do this immediately, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, man. Cause well, I never get a chance to talk to you guys like this. This is I, fucking well, dope. Know, I mean, part of the reason why I want to do this podcast because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to have everyone on. I just want to have people that Either I'm friends with, yeah, or people that I admire, right? And I want to get to know more because I, I I didn't really know your story, yeah, you know, yeah, same. And, and like we were saying, like, well, hey, clubs won't book me unless I look. Your social media presence definitely affected my my choice to ask you because oh, all that's, of a sudden, oh I wow, like, this. I mean, I always I would have asked you anyway, yeah, but I but, but that, I was that like, helps. I was good. Like, there's he, you're on to something that's re- now. Another question I want to ask you about sure. this is as as a black man, yes, particularly in America, yeah, in 2019, uh-huh. depending right. on when this airs. Um, what type of responsibility do you feel towards that? Do you feel like in the political climate, do you feel that's something, an extra responsibility or do you just want to tell your truth, period? It doesn't matter. Um, right now, I feel like it's, I've, I've been black all my life. I'm going to be black and pretty sure till I die. <laughs> <laughs> um, my responsibility first is to my family. Yeah. Then my responsibility is to, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, be out here holding a sign for anybody's, you know, I, I, things that are wrong, I speak out against, but I don't, I don't mix those two worlds. Sure. I don't mix political and comedy. I'm, I'm here to make people laugh. Yeah. I don't do political stuff on stage. Um, there's, you know, I, so I don't, I, I, I don't feel like I don't, my platform isn't big enough yet that people care about what I have to say yet either. But when and if that time comes, you know, I will always speak out for whatever is right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like as long as you do that, then you'll be fine. But, yeah, you well, know, Fuller I, House, by just by the nature of the show, is a political statement in a way. Yes. About immigration. And, yes. You know, all yeah. of, and we and we fought to try. We, we, we've started to put some of that stuff into the show. Like we started to diversify the show. We introduced the first gay character on the show. Yeah. We've done some stuff that have been really risky in that world that has never been done before. Yeah. So I think it's fantastic that everybody there had the courage to represent people and voices that have that are here and deserve to be represented yeah you know to i mean i i wrote a girl into the show and they've i'm sure i don't know that they have or have not had black people on the show before because i didn't watch full house but you know i've obviously i wrote a best friend in the show for one of our main characters and she was black like that in my way is my way to get you know some kind of diversity onto the show because you don't walk around the world and just see all white people or all Asian people or all black people. It's not that's not that's not a true representation yeah. of the world we live in anymore. And I feel like 
we should and the kids in the generation behind us they know what the world looks like and when they look at tv and go this don't look like us yeah you know and you know so like as as in that respect and regard i'm gonna always try to make sure that the worlds that i write and create look like the world that we live in yeah because that's how it should look absolutely you know so what do you feel about uh and a lot of comics complain about this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. But what do you feel about the the politically correct crowd? Like, for example, what happened with Kevin Hart. And, I don't. I don't. I don't like. Them. I mean, is that is that? Something I don't like that, them. I don't like anybody politically correct. I think they're full of shit. Yeah. Because I think that if you peel back the onion in everybody's life, you're going to find bullshit. Yeah. All these, all the, all the people who who stand on this political platform and be politically correct, you're 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 too offended for a reason. You're hiding something. Yeah. Everybody has everybody has a Achilles heel. Everybody has a weakness. Everybody has something about them that they wish other people didn't know. So don't stand out here barking about how that's wrong and you shouldn't fuck out of here. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for us, you guys would go to work every day, sit in your little cubicles, figure out how you gonna get another extra forty cent a fucking uh <laughs> month from your boss and do nothing on the weekends. We make your life interesting comedians yeah. writers people who think outside the box yeah we make your lives we what are you gonna do this weekend i'm going to the movies you know why you're going to the movies because somebody who's politically incorrect has a fucking thought yeah and they put stuff down on paper yeah and they create it and they shoot it so you have something to do so you don't have to think about the mundane routine of your life so the people who are politically correct really that just live in that and just got that you know that soapbox that they're on i i don't i don't i don't do well with have that you, group have you had to deal with it like when do you first of all do you feel that stand-up has changed because of it do you feel like you have to temper your material or do you feel like that's sort of like a false flag like people are kind of creating that because i kind of feel like you can still talk about whatever you want to talk about you just have to be funny about it yes i i believe that i believe you have to be funny but have you come up against something where you're like on you're, social media yeah not on stage yet that's true. I've actually noticed that. Like, on social like, media, yes. For example, yes. Kevin Hart, his Twitter. Yeah, from 10 years ago. But no one's getting called out from shit they said on a podcast, Exactly. Right, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not until yeah. one of us, until I say, hey, yeah, you know, she's a, you know, a, she's a fat bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then 10 years from now, I'm doing something, and somebody's <laughs> like, oh, you called somebody a fat bitch. Like, it, 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 I, I think that comedy is not going to allow that to happen. I think what Kevin did was smart yeah. because it it helps the whole entire comedy community stand their ground. If you guys want to play that and do that, then don't. Because if we go back in everybody's history, yeah. you, you said some fucked up shit. So don't, let's not, don't do that. Yeah. Like don't don't the people who like Kevin said, you went back and found that old tweet, go back and find the apologies. Yeah. They're in there. For sure. You know, so I, I, I don't, like on social media, especially on Facebook, when I put stuff up here, I did a, I did a video about emotional support animals on here, uh-huh. and Facebook, they went ballistic, pissed <laughs> off, I can't believe you, you're so insensitive, how could, man, and I'm like, man, fuck you. Yeah. I just met you. Yeah. You just found me on Facebook two months ago. I've been doing this 22 years, and now you want to get on my page, and my phrase I do, I go, yeah, damn. <laughs> I do this all the time, right? So I got T-shirts to say Gadam, G-A-A-D-A-M. Yeah. People were, you shouldn't be using the Lord's name. I said, first of all, it's not the Lord's name. It's G-A-A-D. Second of all, I don't give a shit what you think. If you don't like it, don't watch. Yeah. 
And I've had some people meet. I like I've got into a couple of verbal jousts with people on Facebook and Instagram going, you shouldn't. I'm like, if you don't like it, get off my page. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to temper who I am because you're offended. Yeah. If you're offended, don't watch. But don't you, and also don't you feel that the people who are offended, and I talk about this on stage, I haven't really made a good joke about it yet, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's always white women. <laughs> white women are the most they offended group. They get offended on behalf of everybody else. <laughs> that is so nothing, true. They have nothing to, you know. They have nothing else to do. Yeah. Some of them. They like, and I completely agree with you. I completely, and it's just, it's like, we have an app in our neighborhood called Neighborhood Watch. And the shit that I read on this app, there was a man walking down the street today. He looks suspicious. Bitch, do you have anything to do? Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it saved some packages from getting stolen. And I'm sure a car or two didn't get there. But like, I had to get off the app because it was pissing me off. And every time I looked at who it was, it was always white women. Yeah. They yeah. always, they just, I don't, I don't want to call that group out. All the white women watching right now I know <laughs> and listening. I know you guys. Everyone, it's not true. you, other white women. Yeah, it's not you because you're, you know, but the ones, but everybody's offended. But you're right. I can't, dude, the moment we as comedians, entertainers, and creators start worrying about what everybody else thinks, our eye is no longer on our goal. And if our eye is not on our goal, we will miss the mark. Yep. Yep. For so you sure. can't do that. Like as a comedian, you can't you can't go on stage and and not offend somebody. Yeah. So you might as well be you because you're going to be best when you are you. Yeah. Not when you're trying to be innocent, trying not to offend this. Nobody wants that that guy. I know. But do you feel that sometimes I I feel as a comic sometimes I want to offend people. Yes, absolutely. And if the tighter they are, the more offensive yes. I want to get. And I feel like that's bad. No. It's not, it's, 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 no, it's not bad. And like the tighter you are, the more I'm going to double down on that. Yeah. Because there's a reason you're so tight. Why are you here? Yeah. Why are you so tight? If you're tight, then stay home. Don't come out, don't get dressed and come to the club and expect me to dance inside of the boundaries that you've created in your, I don't like the word pussy. Well then bitch, don't listen. Yeah. Leave, go home. Yeah. Because I guarantee your husband or whoever you fucking wants to hear you say pussy once in a while. Yeah. This is why nobody likes you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like you learn after a while, you have to be you. Because there's always going to be somebody who don't like you. Yeah. Always. So I might as well be not liked Mm -hmm. being me. Yeah. And I think that's the catch because a lot of we're, we go on stage as comics because we want people to like us. Yes. And so sometimes to want people to like you, you sometimes you're a little artificial in what you say. Yes. Well, I know I have been. Yes, of course. And There's moments. You, and I know. I think when I first started doing like Chocolate Sunday, for example. Yes. I think I really leaned into the. I was basically doing like white minstrel. Like I would right. break dance. I remember. And, yeah, I remember. And, and I, I remember seeing laughs, you there. And yeah. Then, and then sometimes I'm like, well, I just want to be more me. And again, than what I, I think they want to see me be. Yeah. Yeah. But and that's when you got, but that's when, but I've, I saw you make that change though. Yeah. I saw you make that change. But I still feel like I, I, I struggle you know, with it a little t- bit. I'm telling you, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Everything you do in front of a white crowd, you do that same shit in front of black people. Yeah. I know, see, because I've seen you on, on both shows. Mm-hmm. And you're the exact same. Every time. And I've seen comics who I won't name who yes. are pretty big. They go yes. to Chuck Sunday and they're like, Oh yeah, and I'm yeah, like, and they, they, they put on white. You're from Connecticut. Be what white. Are you doing be white and white, white and black guy. people know white people. We yes. we we laugh at white people. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. It's not like you have to come and speak a language. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's the same thing when I do. You saw me tonight. It's yeah. all white people. Yeah. It's and it's I'm gonna be David, and then I'm leaving here, and I'm going down to the comedy union, uh-huh. and it's gonna be all black people, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do the exact same, same set, the exact same way because it's authentic and it's true. Because so it's work. Yes, yeah. and I might get laughs in different places from different things. They might, but the, but the response will be the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I it took me a long time as a comedian to realize the best comedian that I could be is when I'm being me. Yeah. And not being who I think they want me to what be. What do you think that change happened in your and in, in my ten in my tenth year of doing stand up? Yeah, in year ten for me. Some people it happens in year two, but for me it was ten years in when I realized the best voice that I can have and the best thing that I can do is be David. And now twenty years in, now I'm working on my tone. I don't want to be in the gear of angry. Da- sure. I don't want to be that. Yeah. I don't want to be that no more. Yeah. Because I played that gear for a while, and I don't want to play that no more. I want to, I'm going to pull back. Now I'm working on the tone of my set. Sure. That makes sense, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that is the thing that I will be working on for the next, you know, six months, a year. Because anger I is my... effective, and anger fuels your voice, and it yes. fuels your presence. Yeah. And then sometimes you can lean into it too much. And, t- and when I watched my special, I was like, you know what? I could pull the anger back. Even though it's big laughs, yeah, I could pull the anger back twenty percent and be perfect in the sweet wow, spot. That's interesting, yeah. And so now my goal is to make sure that when I'm on stage performing, that I laugh, I smile, I don't need anger to push the punchline. I can use, you know, something else, mm-hmm. confusion, sure, help me, anything. You know what I'm saying to yeah. push it. So like that's that's the thing that I'm working on now, and I'm I'm very excited about that. This next gear yeah. as a comedian, yeah, man. Hey, man, David, you're so awesome. So glad you came. I'm so dude. glad you're, you asked you're me. To come. What do you do? You have anything you want to plug? I, uh, I, yeah, my stand-up special will be coming out the first of the year. The name of it is Fat Ballerina. Fat Ballerina. Yeah, it's uh, it's executive produced by Kevin Hart, uh, Dave Becky, and uh, Fuller House is out. Um, I'm developing some other stuff, but follow me on Instagram, the David A. Arnold. If you look for, if you're on Facebook, I'm David A. Arnold uh, across the board. And you know, just know I'm I'm coming to cities. I'm gonna be releasing dates uh, where I'm coming. So if you you know if you you want to come, everybody always goes. How come I never heard of you? Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time because uh, I I feel great stuff coming, and I'm very excited about uh, this next this this gear that I'm going into. It's yeah, my yeah. time. Me too, man. I'm glad. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, this was a too. really great surprise, dude. You're. I awesome. respect you, man. Thank you so much. You for too, man. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. David R. Bill Dawes signing off from the After Laugh. All right, now, peace, guys. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh, <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>